Hello and welcome to LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today AADNS Curriculum Development Specialist, Alexis Rome, will discuss the ups and downs nurses experience that can result in burnout and compassion fatigue and provide you with some practical tips to help you recharge and refresh. Welcome, Alexis. Take it away. Thank you, Rebecca. Hi, everyone. This is Alexis. Thank you for joining me today for the second episode of a two-part series we call the DNS Commuter Series. Last episode, we talked about finding happiness and purpose again in our work with some tips on how to go about doing that, including how to start the day. Today, we'll continue the theme of self-care and dig deeper into why nurses experience burnout and compassion fatigue and what can be done about it. I want this message to be personal and speak directly to your hearts and help you care for yourself and your fellow nurses. So let's get started. I'm going to read a list and as I read it, I want you to make a mental note if you identify with anything I read. Number one, I consistently work long hours, skip breaks, and pick up shifts on my days off. Two, I form close relationships with my residents. Three, I've experienced a traumatic event while caregiving that triggers unpleasant emotions. Four, I often deal with rudeness or incivility when at work. And five, I put others' needs ahead of my own and ignore caring for myself. If this sounds familiar, please know you're at risk for burnout, which can lead to compassion fatigue. Are you wondering what compassion fatigue is? Well, it's essentially when you feel less compassion or even indifference or a sense of feeling numb towards others. You can have compassion fatigue and still care for others, but you may gradually feel yourself become more and more distant from your normal feelings of care and compassion. I'm gonna read another list that describes some of the ways nurses feel when they have compassion fatigue. Bored, distant or detached from residents and coworkers, irritable or frustrated, even rude or short-tempered. Feelings of failure, disrupted sleep, worrying about what wasn't done, forgetful, Physical symptoms will start or become worse if compassion fatigue continues and can include things like mental or physical exhaustion, headaches, feeling sick or a sense of dread before work, more frequent illnesses and calling in. Let's go back to the list I read at the very beginning that covered the risk for compassion fatigue. Would you be surprised to know that one of the greatest risks for compassion fatigue is ignoring your own self-care? It's just you and I right now. So I want you to take this to heart and be honest with yourself. Do you ignore your own self-care? And as I ask that, is your first reaction to make excuses to justify it? But Alexis, you don't understand. If I don't take it on, then things won't get done right. 
it has to be me because there's no one else. I love my residents and my staff, and this is just part of being a nurse. Or maybe you're the DNS listening and thankfully don't feel this, but now you suspect some of your nurses might be experiencing compassion fatigue. I truly believe that what makes nurses so wonderful and so trusted can also make us really vulnerable. For some of us, it's hard to hear, but I want you to hear this message. You deserve to care for yourself. Not only do you deserve it, the people you are caring for need it, and so do your teammates and your family. Thank you for these important messages, Alexis. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Now that PDPM is here, do you have a game plan for ongoing success? ANAC's PDPM Game Plan includes more than 80 pages of interactive and downloadable tools, as well as checklists and tips, all in one convenient resource. Order yours today at anac.org backslash PDPM Game Plan. Welcome back. Let's continue our chat with Alexis Rome as she talks about what can be done to prevent or help overcome burnout and compassion fatigue. Thank you, Rebecca. Before the break, I left you with the statement that not only do you deserve to care for yourself, which I can imagine is very hard for many of you to accept, but your residents, your team, and your family also need you to care for yourself. Some years ago, I was consulting for a community and was meeting with the DNS and founder in her office. I sat down and began to chat with her and the pleasant conversation changed to her crying and me becoming very worried for her. She was exhausted emotionally and physically. Her blood pressure was elevated. She was having health issues and she wasn't sleeping. And her fiance had given her an ultimatum, quit or I'm gone. She was a textbook case of compassion fatigue and I had failed her miserably. Looking back, the warning signs were there, but I didn't insert myself or show her that I cared for her. I didn't guide her to make changes in how she worked or how she cared for herself. So this amazing DNS quit and the residents and staff suffered for it. How many nurses do you think we lose in post-acute care to compassion fatigue? I don't know the number, but I think the majority of us who have worked in skilled facilities any time at all have seen a nurse quit because they just couldn't do it anymore. But what happens before they quit? The effects of physician and nurse burnout are being studied now by various researchers, and we're learning there's a relationship between the quality of care and nurse burnout. The International Hospital Outcomes Study published in 2018 showed a relationship between nurse burnout and medical errors. And a 2012 study by the Center for Health Outcomes and Policy Research at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing showed a relationship between nurse burnout and UTI rates. The other thing we know, and we probably don't need the research to even tell us this, is that retention and engagement are negatively impacted for not only the person experiencing the compassion fatigue, but for those working with them. I think about it like this. We know nurses eat their young, and that's another podcast. 
But when you have a nurse who is feeling disconnected and frustrated and irritable, it perpetuates a negative work environment and people leave. Another example is the new nurse who feels intimidated by the nurse suffering from compassion fatigue and doesn't ask questions and learns the wrong way to lead a clinical team and the development of their clinical skills becomes stifled. If your head is spinning a little bit, thinking about the ripple effects that burnout and compassion fatigue can have, then I also hope you realize ignoring your own self-care is not really caring in the long run. You see, we have a duty to our fellow nurses to set an example of what healthy is and what care looks like. We must care for ourselves so we can give and receive care for residents and also for each other. So what do we do? Make self-care a priority. Take time off. This is a very important part of self-care because it gives you time to step back from giving care and the stress you experience at work and allow your mind and body to rest, relax, and recharge. Take your breaks during your shift because you need this time to let down and again, give your mind and body a bit of rest. It might be taking a walk with a coworker or reading something totally unrelated to work while on break, whatever you need. Share on-call responsibilities. This gives you freedom to truly step back and enjoy free time without distractions or worries about work. Eat in a way that feeds your body what it needs. We're nurses, so we know a lot of sugar and caffeine is just a trick to fake the body to keep going. But all tricks end and we pay the price. What makes you happy outside of work? You probably quit doing it, but now you've taken away the thing that gave you happiness and left yourself with an unfulfilling routine of work and crash, work and crash. You need something to fill yourself back up, not just give and give. Take some time to restart a hobby or activity you used to enjoy. Use your employee assistance program and talk to someone who can give you strategies to work through the emotions you're feeling. If you don't have access to an EAP program or access to a counselor who can help with burnout and fatigue, seek other alternatives. I had the opportunity to listen to a neurobiologist speak about mindfulness and it made a huge impression on me. I went home and downloaded a mindfulness and meditation app. There are also some really great books out there that can help with self-care too. Consider fitness classes, whatever kind you like, but exercise has multiple benefits to help manage stress and release happy endorphins. Sleep is critical to health. There's a great deal of research being conducted on sleep, and if you notice, mattress companies are following suit by developing enhancements to the mattress. Personal health monitors like Fitbit and Apple Watch are also including sleep monitors to give you data to help improve sleep. The last tip is very practical and one you can start today. Before you leave, do something that allows you to leave on a positive note. Maybe it's holding the hand of a resident and saying goodnight to them, 
or listening to advice they share with you about life. Maybe there is an employee you've been mentoring and they accomplished a goal. Do something to praise their success. Whatever it is, always leave on a good note. Then, on your way home, allow yourself to think about the day you've had until you get to a certain spot in your commute. Maybe you have a 30-minute drive, so for 10 minutes, think about your day, and then when you pass a certain exit, you know it's time to switch to thinking about family time, your hobby, or just listen to some music and relax and clear your mind. I want to leave you with a final story so you know you aren't alone. I've experienced compassion fatigue and burnout, and the more I tried to press on, the more I noticed my family suffered. My kids and husband would avoid me when I got home because they could just tell I was in a mood. Sadly, I cared, but at the same time, I just felt like it was hopeless to do anything and would just kind of hide out. This has been some time ago, and I didn't even know there was a thing called compassion fatigue. But I look back and I really regret that it took me a while to take action and start taking care of myself so I could care for them like I wanted to. In summary, please know that self-care is a priority and caring for our fellow nurses is also a priority. Take time off and take your breaks. Find your hobby and enjoy it. Use your employee assistance program and talk with someone. Engage in a healthy lifestyle so that you eat to feed your body, not trick it. Get active and exercise, but also be sure to rest and sleep. Finally, leave the day on a good note and pick the spot on your commute home to leave the day behind and focus on your life outside of work. Thank you for sharing that great advice with us today, Alexis. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools from our LTC experts, visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org.